During Dell TechFest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, November 23rd, 2022. I'm one of your host, Blessing Adioye Jr., and joining me is LaCroix Poppy himself, a.k.a. my fellow Forbes 30 under 30, a.k.a. Tim Ma fucking Gettys. Bless. I'm going to be the very best like no one ever was. I am just noticing your sweatshirt. That That's is really hot. cool, isn't it? If you're an audio I'm all listener, in, everybody. You got all all, he's got all the badges. Kanto, baby. He's Gen one. He did all the eight Kanto gyms. So here's the thing, Wes. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, I asked how I can catch them all and how I can bring back my old cartridges, all right? So many people wrote in, thank you for everything that you've done because now I understand everything that I need to do. What is to this? To get into This is the analog pocket. I, I didn't know it it's, looked this nice in oh, person. Oh, dude. It's, I've only seen pictures. Holy shit. Oh, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. That looks incredible. I just turned it off instead of uh, raising the volume on it. Um, so there we go. Yeah, here we go. Pokemon, the OG, blue version. Wow. Oh, yeah. Wait, where's hold that it, can? Hold it. Is it this one? <laughs> this camera shot's incredible. But, yeah, this this is my, my original blue cartridge wow. from 1998. Can you see that, Kev? Is can, you it turn the, can you turn the brightness down a little bit on I it? I can't. Oh, really? I thought it had well, sort of control. You can see that. here. He's got eight badges. All 151 Pokemon, mm -hmm. 64 hours and mm -hmm. 30 minutes in this thing. Little Timmy, baby. Wow. Timmy, gotta love it. That's yeah. awesome. Also, though, just like for a second, Bless, look at how beautiful this screen looks. I know. That's what shocked me. It's like the whole the whole console looks incredible. But, yeah, the screen looks pristine. Yeah. I did not know Pokemon could look that good. That beautiful good. thing. Beautiful wow. thing. What's the, what's the update on Pokemon Violet? Have oh, you gotten further? Pokemon Violet, I had, I beat all the I beat the champion. I'm doing good. I am now in the, the end game stuff. Okay. And, okay. What a goddamn video game, y'all. Get out there. Catch some Pokemon. Have some fun. Eat some turkey. Tim, I'll love to just kick it with you and mm -hmm. talk about turkey, talk about Pokemon, talk about the analog pocket, because goddamn. But we have so much to talk about on this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily. So let's talk about it. Today's stories include God of War Ragnarok sales, PlayStation says Xbox wants them to be Nintendo, and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong if you don't want to watch live you can watch later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support the channel to be a part of the show head to kind of funny.com slash kfgd to write in with your questions squad ups and more and remember patreon.com slash kind of funny will get you the show ad free plus a bevy of bonus content Housekeeping for you, a new kind of funny podcast is up right now, and it is worth the dollar. Oh, yes. It is me and Roger joining the crew, and we talk Twitter drama, Andy TikTok drama, and the crew goes to Jack in the Box 
drama. <laughs> that so is a, much drama. So much drama this episode. And let me tell you, I've, I've surprisingly so I've only been on Kind of Funny Podcasts, I feel like a few times, like yeah. a handful of times, like maybe single digits. I have no idea. But like, uh, this is one of my favorite episodes, probably because I'm on it, but also probably because there's a lot of good conversation and a lot of like uh, a good dissection of the chaos that erupted in the Kind of Funny studio yesterday. We have a, uh, we've been on a good run with the Kind of Funny podcast. So if you've been missing out, if you've been sleeping on the show, I recommend listening to last week's episode and this week's episode. Oh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> they are both, there's an energy that cannot be matched, cannot be explained, and honestly, probably shouldn't be legal. <laughs> One thousand uh, percent. Another piece of housekeeping for you. We are off the rest of the week for Thanksgiving. Uh, we'll be back with more kind of funny content on Monday. So cherish it. All right. This is the last KHD you're getting this week. <laughs> Take it all Does that in. mean that we're going to have Friday energy today? I think it means we've had Friday energy all week. All week. And honest. on top of that, but it's like I was saying this before the show started. What a show. Oh, we got new stories for days for y'all. We got so it's like everybody took a nap on Monday and Tuesday and then woke up and they're like, oh shit. Oh, shit. It's the Thanksgiving tomorrow. It's Wednesday, Friday. Get all the news out. Get all the news out. So we're gonna talk about Friday. all of it. Wednesday, Friday, baby. Uh thank you to our Patreon producers, Morgan Lorraine, Frogger Brady, Christopher Rodriguez, the kind of funny Destiny 2 PC clan, Tall Tree 81, Joseph A. Carlson, One Up Pest Control, Carrie Palmer. Elliot, Brian Chaney, Trevor Starkey, Super Daddy Kyle, Undertopian, David Mindtel. Mind Freak. There you go. Uh, Eric Velasquez, Scotty Wyatt, Alex Greedle, Al Tribesman. All right. Uh, Jason L., James <laughs> Davis. I feel like that one was like as quiet as the one I put out. Oh, I can do it louder. <laughs> All right, there like you that. go. I like that. No, I like that. But, like, Bless, I think what you failed to understand is you didn't make the noise last time. You just went, oh. Yeah. No, I did not. Okay, no, first of all, I didn't. I did not do that awkward laugh you did. I did more of like a grr, like a Like, that's what I did. You're, honestly, that was a lot better than anything you did yesterday. Yeah, that, was the, that was using the dangly thing at the back of my throat. No, it's, you're not. You're not using the dangly thing. <sighs> That's 1,000% my uvula. Your umbreon? <laughs> my umbreon. Later, I'm going to get a flashlight. We check this out, all right? All right. Yeah, we can do an examination. Uh, James Davis at James Davis Makes. Mick Kevin going at the that nanob- mouth. <laughs> oh, God, no. Uh, Mick at the nanobiologist Abramson. Ryan T. from Tennessee. Derek Garay. We only do things like that on Kind of Funny Podcast. And then Donald Eccles. Today, we're brought to you by Shady Rays, but we'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have nine news stories today. A Baker's Dozen! Holy shit. Starting with our number one. He sounded like an N64 announcer. Yeah. Like a video game. <laughs> with that crackly like. Yeah. Like surprisingly low quality. Uh, story number one. God of War Ragnarok is PlayStation's fastest selling first party game Woo! ever. This is Chris Scolian at Woo! Video Games Chronicle. Sony has claimed that God of War Ragnarok is the fastest-selling first-party game in PlayStation history. The company announced uh, the company announced the record on the play- official PlayStation Twitter account, claiming that 5.1 million copies had been sold through in its debut week. This makes it the fastest-selling first-party launch for Sony, and naturally makes it a franchise record for the God of War series as well. The last time Sony declared a game its fastest-selling lo- uh, at launch was The Last of Us Part Two, which it stated was the fastest-selling PS4 exclusive. Sony announced in June 2020 that The Last of Us Part II had sold through more than 4 million copies in its first three days. Before that, the record was held by Insomniac's Spider-Man, which was previously the fastest-selling first-party PS4 game with 3.3 million copies sold in its, in its first three days. Damn. And before that was the previous God of War title, which only came out, this is me talking, not the article, which only came out months before that Spider-Man game, yep. right? And that sold, uh, that, that launched in April 2018, sold through 3.1 million copies. Tim? They keep doing it. They keep doing it. With every new big first-party PlayStation game, they keep killing that record. Dude, 
how did we get both Breath of the Wild and Odyssey in one year, and then the next year we get God of War and Spider Man? Like, whoa. Yeah. Whoa. What right? a time. I, what a time. I remember at that time being like um in like game of the year conversations and like back and forth. I, I used to describe it as like, you know, God of War that year was was my Breath of the Wild, where Spider-Man was my Mario Odyssey. Yeah. Right? Like Spider-Man 100%. was like it was that fun game that had the, you know, beautiful locomotion that like mm-hmm. was speaking to the inner child in me, whereas God of War was like this innovative like boundary pushing the game that's like a work of art you know like what what a magical time that yes. was I, like any other year those games would have won the game of the year but because of the ones above it they didn't it's just like gabby windy and charlie d'amelio on dancing with the stars charlie won she had to win gabby should have though any other year she would have done that's exactly the point you know what i'm talking about bless no <laughs> you know exactly no, what I'm talking i don't know about. um so this is insane like these numbers are absolutely wild 5.1 million copies in one week right and that's not going to slow down that's just going to keep on going it is a sign of so many things the quality of playstation studios the quality of sony santa monica the quality of god of war as a franchise at this moment in time right on top of that it is such a perfect storm of the video game industry absolutely exploding in size and that mainstream market that we've been talking about since 2020 really with the animal crossing boom of the pandemic and all of that right but that's just one side of the story when you look at playstation how they've been building this how they've been building their team of studios with their back-to-back-to-back quality releases that we've talked about ad nauseum at this point of what playstation has been capable of and has been delivering on but then you add this other x factor on top of it that is this game's on PS4 and PS5, yep. and there are so many tens of millions of these systems out there on PS4 and PS5. There's the people that have the PS5s, and at this point, we're, we're getting up there. I don't remember the last um, reported number of how many PS5s are there, but like, wasn't it like 50 uh, We talked million? about this recently. I don't know if it was 50, but it is. Oh, there are a lot out there, PS5 sales. So when you, when you add that to that PS4 number, it's like, all right, cool, the, the available potential player base is already enormous. Sony has sold over 25 million PS5s. 25. Okay, cool. So still very, very impressed. When you add that to the PlayStation, we're looking at, what, 150-plus million potential people to play this game. And when it's as good as it is and it has a prestige of a title, as much of a must-play um, as it, they, again, they delivered. It's not a question of maybe it's going to happen. Like, they did the damn thing. Like, this makes a lot of sense, but it's just so good for the gaming industry. And again, we talk a lot about how everyone's doing their own thing, Nintendo, Xbox, and PlayStation, this generation in different ways. And we talk about the value of Game Pass, right? But then you look at PlayStation, like, there's a value to a $70 title selling this much. That's $70 times 5.1 million, yeah. and that's what it gets you. And like, game, the quality level of God of War Ragnarok. You take that and you combine it with moves PlayStation's making, right? You mentioned the, oh yeah, let's launch on both PS5 and PS4. This makes that make sense. The fact that, yeah, God of War Ragnarok is another one of like, this is our our fastest selling game now, right? Years from now, we're going to look at this as one of the, the highest selling PlayStation Studios game uh, games at the end of the line, right? This makes that make sense. And if you're somebody that's like, oh man, but it should have been PS5 exclusive because I wanted the graphics. I wanted it to take advantage of the PS5. It's like, come on. Like, look at this game. Like, you're telling me this game isn't, like, the best it can be, right? You're telling me, like, the story they're telling, the game mechanics here, the graphics, all that stuff doesn't live up. Like, I understand the idea of, like, I want a reason for my PS5 to, like, be a... I I want the reason for my investment for my PS5 to matter. The fact of the matter is, like, I think you're getting that with God of War Ragnarok, with all the bells and whistles, right? With the performance modes, with the extra fidelity that comes with that, right? With the uh, being able to play on the dual sense, right? Things like that, I think, is bringing the, that that value. But yeah, like, I think the the decision to, to put out these first party games on both platforms at the current state, right? I think makes sense. I think is the right decision. My 
follow up. Actually, before I even get to my follow up question, right? Bring a PC to that too. God of War exactly. Ragnarok is going to eventually come to PC yeah. and it's going to sell more copies, mm-hmm. right? We're talking about a game right now that is exclusive to the PlayStation platforms and is selling this much. Imagine if they're able to uh, if they're able to open that up more, right? And they're doing that with PC. And dude, like on top of that, so you just said that uh, in in a couple of years we'll look back at this as like, uh, oh my god, it sold so much, and it's like, will we? Or is there just going to be more PlayStation Studio titles because oh. they put them out in such a quick clip? That is my next question: Is okay. <laughs> when is the next time we see this record broken? Well, so do we see a broken Spider-Man too? I I mean, okay there's a lot of factors to that come into play here right spider-man 2 ps5 exclusive correct i think I it is forget i think I'm it, looking is. it up right now and that is going to change things but it is a sequel to one of the most popular uh playstation titles yeah ps5 exclusive and um there's a lot of people looking forward to it obviously right and they're just going to continue to build this momentum and go. Spider-Man is only going to get bigger as an IP and um, have more mindshare of, of people. Um, but what's really interesting to me is, again, we're talking about the swell. I went all the way back talking about Animal Crossing. Talking about The Witcher on Netflix, what it did for Steam sales and for just sales of that game when that show came out and was good on Netflix, right? We're about to have Last of Us. We have a God of War show announced, right? We're about to get a Gran Turismo movie and a Twisted Metal show. And but like, jokes metal. aside about that, like real talk, mm. we we expect Last of Us is going to knock it out of the park. I don't think that Sony PlayStation is going to let a God of War show be bad. You know, mm-hmm. like I feel like at worst it's going to be Halo levels. But like at best, is the Halo show not bad? Where's what's the consensus? I mean, that's the thing. Is like. Be, Depending on who you are, you can make arguments any which way. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone can argue that it's a horrible show. Okay. It's not when people talk about like bad video game movies, Halo's not that. Is it the best Halo thing ever? No. But like mm-hmm. it's not, I would say it's not bad by any stretch of the imagination. But um God of War, I imagine they're going to like try to treat with reverence as much as possible because that's the whole point of this. Like I, they're not doing these multimedia things as cash grabs. They're doing them as strategic cash grabs. Yeah. There's a difference there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh and it, again it's not a cash grab. It's a it's a it's a plan to make cash, which is I think a very different thing. And yeah, something let's that expand the IP. Something that we've seen them do and build to get to this point that God of War Ragnarok comes out and sells five million copies in a week, right? It's because of their strategy, it's because of their business, it's because of the quality of the products they've made to tell that story. When that story, if it's matched with quality TV experiences, movie experiences, and just widens the uh, appeal of the properties and characters, oh my God, what games? I mean, like these games gonna, are just going to continue to sell. We're going to talk about Witcher Three soon because Witcher Three is another new story here. But like, yeah, you, I, I think you're talking about what could be the Witcher Three effect, right? Mm-hmm. Of the Witcher Netflix show comes out, and all of a sudden, Witcher Three on Steam and uh, on stores in general just skyrockets in sales. Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven had that uh, had Edge Runners come out, right? The anime that um, blows up, and all of a sudden, Cyberpunk is seeing so many players come back to the game, mm-hmm. right? Imagine what happens when it is. All right, the Last of Us TV show comes out, and now people are buying Last of Us Part One on PlayStation Five. All right, cool. Now let's let, now we're buying Last of Us Part Two because PlayStation is now probably is going to put that on PS Five as well. I think that's going to keep happening, and I think yeah, whenever we get that God of War, uh, is that a TV show? I forget which one it is. That was a show, yeah. When we get the God of War TV show, that's going to flow back, and I think uh, cause for God of War sales, right? Across PC, across console, all that stuff. And then even Ragnarok is going to, like, all the rising tide raises all ships, I believe is the saying, right? I think it's going to be that thing, right? Where it is, that ping pong back and forth of, oh man, I checked out the TV show. Oh man, I love this. Let me go play the game. Oh man, I I, I played the game. I fucking love God of War Ragnarok. I'm going to watch the TV show. That is what, that is the synergy that PlayStation is building here. And, yeah, I think back back to my question of what's the next game to do this. 
I don't know if there's one on the horizon, no pun intended, the really? horizon, right? I don't know if we're going to, because what? Yeah, you mentioned Spider-Man 2 is going to be uh, PS5 exclusive, and I assume it's going to stick to that. I don't expect to see a PS4 version of Spider-Man 2, because I think now we're getting to that point of the generation. Um, maybe. Maybe, you know. I mean, does that change here? Can I mean, that change Can here? that change is also the question. I, but I don't I'm know. sure if PlayStation was like, hey, are we able to just get a PS4 version out of Spider-Man 2? I can see them taking. I mean, that, it's right? Insomniac as well, right? Like they've proven that they can make things happen that seem impossible. And if that's the case, <sighs> if Spider-Man Two is on PS4 as well, easily it's going to outsell Ragnarok. I think. Like in the fast, I don't know. Spider-Man, bro. Yeah, but my my only thing is that we've gotten we've gotten a lot of Spider-Man now in like rapid succession, right? Between God, uh, between Spider-Man 2018, Spider-Man Miles Morales remastered PC port laws, and not even counting. Let's not count the remastered yeah. PC ports. Spider-Man 2018, Miles Morales going into Spider-Man 2. I feel like that saturation might not cost for the swell of excitement the way that God of War Ragnarok had people waiting. Dude, right? got, We've been I waiting got, for got, four years. I have for one word from you, bro. What's that? Pure Venom. Marker? Venom. Oh, okay. That's all it okay. is, bro. You get what I'm saying? It's just like there's just like this sheer like factor of just like, oh, well, people are going to want that. People mm. love Black Suit Spider-Man. Like that is just such marketing. Just That is the cheapest, easiest shot to just make money It's just have the goo. Have that <laughs> goddamn goo. My, my and it's going to change the game. Spider-Man, I think that uh, um, it, it works differently than God of War in the sense that, first off, Miles Morales, different enough, smaller story. I think that what, what we're so used to Marvel characters having this, like, check-ins, episodic check-ins, that I don't think we have the same level of burnout with it that we would other game franchises. Like, mm-hmm. I think there's more of an expectation that we can get more stories, and um, it feels like it's additive as opposed to, um, like, oh, man, we're getting a lot of this. You know, like, I, by the time we get Spider-Man 2 at the end of next year? Fingers crossed. Fingers yeah. crossed? I don't know. It has to it's happen, like, right? Yeah, but even then, it's like, I'm, I mean, I know... I know I am, but there are millions of people out there that are going to be so ready for a Spider-Man 2 at that point, yeah. right? So I think that Spider-Man 2, if it's on PS4, easily will outsell this. If it's not on PS4, Le- way less of a way chance. less of a chance. I yeah. think it's still possible because we are talking about right now fastest selling doesn't mean most selling for sure so and if we're talking about if we're talking about most selling at the end, end of the day, I'm right there with you. I think most selling at the end of the day, I think Spider-Man 2 will probably outsell god of war ragnarok you know what i take it all back spider-man 2 is gonna out be the fastest selling no way. game in a week yeah just thinking it through it's just like because it's not about the ps4s it's about how many ps5s are out there they'll mm-hmm. be by then there will be enough even that like this the percentage of the player base that's going to be so excited and want to get spider-man 2 day one yeah it's going to be more than five million all right we'll have to wait and see for now let's continue talking about playstation studios with story number two we got a new poster for hbo's the last of us kevin if you're able to uh, bring it up for the people to see this is tweeted out uh today at the last of us hbo on twitter pedro pascal is joel bella ramsey is ellie hashtag the last of us premieres january 15th on hbo max uh and look at this poster man look at this poster i have one critique What's i have one critique? critique go for it why is joel in the front and bigger Right, that was the that was a big conversation around the oh man, Kevin's on it, right? That was the original conversation around the original Last of Us cover art is the fact that like Naughty Dog wanted to fight to have Ellie to be uh, be in the front, right? Because they saw this as like an uh, an Ellie story, right? And they wanted they wanted focus on that character. They didn't want that character to be faded in the background. I don't I don't know if I, I don't like Joel being in the front here. Yeah, I mean there is a reason though that's different than the game here. It's Pedro Pascal. It's Pedro Pascal. I understand that. Right. I, the world's about to learn about Bella Ramsey though. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, I can't wait for the show. Yeah, I know. I can't wait for the show. Dude, it's so close. January. 15th. Dude, I mean, two months. In less than two months, we're going to see the show, man. 
Oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait. Speaking of PlayStation. You joining us on that screencast for us? Oh, my God. Yeah, 1,000%. Let's go. Is that, do we know? Is that going to be week to week? It's every Sunday. Week to week. Nine oh, episodes. Let's go. Yeah, so oh, we'll, let's we'll record go. screencasts when on do, Mondays. When does HBO usually put stuff on HBO Max? 6 p.m., baby. Fuck yeah. Sorry, right, I'm in. I'm in. I'm thinking I'm in. Story number three. Sony claims that Microsoft's true strategy is to make PlayStation like Nintendo. <laughs> this is Andy Robinson at Video Games Chronicle. Sony is claiming that Microsoft's true strategy behind its proposed acquisition of Activision Blizzard is to have PlayStation, quote, become like Nintendo and not compete uh, in the 18-rated shooter space. The comments were made in a newly published response to UK regulator uh, to to the yeah to UK regulator the competition and markets authorities decision to expand its investigation into the proposed acquisition. In its 22-page response, Sony Interactive Entertainment alleges that if the deal were to go through, users would leave PlayStation's ecosystem, Microsoft could raise Xbox's prices, and independent developers would be harmed in the fallout. As uh, has been the, tr- uh, the trend with the regulatory back and forth, much of the document focuses on Call of Duty and the perceived harm Sony claims the Activision Blizzard deal would cause should the flagship franchise be made ex- exclusive to Xbox. In one section of its statement, the platform holder singles out comments made by Microsoft that other platforms have prospered without Call of Duty, including Nintendo, n- including Nintendo Switch. In its latest response, Sony says this claim ignores the facts. SIE argues that Nintendo's strategy is differentiated from PlayStation and Xbox because it doesn't rely on 18-rated shooter franchises, games which it argues Microsoft will have virtual exclusive ownership of should the Activision deal be approved by global regulators. In this sense, it alleges Microsoft's true strategy with the Activision Blizzard deal is to make PlayStation like Nintendo in in, in that it does not compete in this space. Quote, Microsoft claims that Nintendo's differentiated model demonstrates that PlayStation doesn't need Call of Duty to compete effectively. But this reveals Microsoft's true strategy, uh, SIE's statement reads. It continues, Microsoft wants PlayStation to become like Nintendo, so that would be less close in effect. Yeah, it would be a less close and effective competitor to Xbox. Post-transaction, Xbox would become the one-stop shop for all the best-selling shooter franchises on console, Call of Duty, Halo, Gears of War, Doom, Overwatch, as the decision explains, and uh, and it would then be free from serious competitive pressure. End quote. Uh, this is what this is what I'll say. They're really ignoring the fact that they own Bungie over here. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I'm Bungie and I'm reading this, I'm like, yo, what the fuck? What the fuck, what man? The fuck man? Like, we, you own us. Like, come on, bro. Dude, also on. Nintendo out here just catching strays. Like Miyamoto's just like, bro. Oh. Strays on PlayStation. Like, what's up? Strays on PlayStation. Oh, uh, hey. hey, game it's of the year, everybody. Wednesday, Friday, everybody. Wednesday, Friday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Nintendo's just like, like out there, like, whoa, like. We're just why are you talking about bro? What the fuck are we doing? <laughs> we're not even trying to you know, be, no, remove just, us from this narrative. Yeah, remove us from <laughs> remove the narrative. Hamilton. Dude, real talk, like this is uh again the 18th time I'm gonna say this, but like we're we're making a much to do about nothing when it comes to these headlines. Of course they're saying this. They're saying these things back and forth to have statements to build their case because it's business yeah. and they have to. And yeah, is this headline that Microsoft's true strat- strategies to make PlayStation like Nintendo? Oh my God, what a dumbass fucking nothing. Mm-hmm. That is so funny and we can laugh about it and joke about it and we're going to because I that mean, it's silly. It's, it's a statement that should be a private statement that is being turned into a public statement because mm-hmm. these are public documents for us to look at, right? And, these yeah, are statements uh, that they are making to defend, to like try and fight for Call of Duty. It feels, it seems messy and it is messy, um, but... If PlayStation could choose, they wouldn't choose for anybody to see this. To see right? this, shit. this should be between Microsoft, PlayStation, 100%. and a judge. And then meanwhile, there's just fanboys everywhere just yeah. using this as ammo in their war. This, this like, endless war yeah. that's just going to result in nothing. Like, I'll tell you right now, PlayStation understands that what they're saying here, PR-wise, is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's fucking crazy shit. 
but they're saying it because they kind of have it's to say strategic. it. It's even, strategic. Even bringing up Nintendo into the conversation is like explaining the, look, hey, well, there's a lot of competitors. No, we're not a monopoly. We're not even close. No, mm. no, not us, not PlayStation. Now, here's, you know? here's what I'll say to him, mm-hmm. right? Sony claims Microsoft's true strategy is to make PlayStation like Nintendo. Is that Microsoft strategy or is that PlayStation strategy? Because that's how I've been describing PlayStation for the last couple of years, looking at how they operate, looking at how they move. The reason why you buy a PlayStation nowadays is to play PlayStation first-party titles. I am buying a PlayStation to play God of War, to play Spider-Man, to play Uncharted, to play Horizon, right? To play the games that are PlayStation games. PlayStation strategy revolves around that first party, but then also what that strategy is now turning into is proliferating those Number, that handful of IPs, right? We want more Uncharted. We want, and you're getting the Uncharted movie to support Uncharted, right? You're getting a Horizon show. You're getting Horizon VR. You're getting a Horizon game. You're getting a Horizon multiplayer game. You're probably going to get a Horizon multi- uh, uh, mobile game at some point, all to support this one IP of Horizon, right? That is kind of one for one. For one or I mean, it's, it's close to how Nintendo operates in the idea of we have Mario, we have Zelda, we have Kirby. You're going to get a lot of Mario, Zelda, and Kirby. That means you're going to get 3D Mario, you're going to get 2D Mario, you're going to get Mario Kart, you're going to get Mario Party. You're going to get Kirby Forgot- Forgotten Land. You're going to get uh, Kirby in the 10 Kirby Party the games. Kirby the Starfuckers. Kirby in the Starfuckers. Kirby in the, Kirby in the Crystal Shards, the N64 game. We're going to give you hella Kirby, right? We're buying this box to play these specific games, right? The Microsoft strategy for the last generation, I think, has always been <laughs> I was gonna say more bars and more places. It's kinda like Verizon. But like more more uh um uh more places for people to get into our ecosystem, right? Put Game Pass on PC, put Game Pass on Samsung smart TVs, like where how do we get you into our space? Not just for our first party games, just but for what we're offering in terms of services, game pass. Uh, smart delivery, all that stuff. I feel like so- I feel like Sony kind of views themselves or is starting to view themselves more in the Nintendo space as opposed to the Microsoft space. That's the argument that I'll, I'll make. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting. I don't know that I agree because I think that, like I've said a bazillion times since 2019, all three of them are just doing something different. They're in their own lanes. And I feel like with PlayStation, they're continuing to do what they've built up since the beginning of the PS4 generation, which is, I would say, an equal focus on their PlayStation Studios, Nintendo-like titles for the argument you just made. Totally Mm -hmm. agree with you there. But I do think that all of their exclusive deals, the way they've tripled down on the Call of Duty stuff and um, all the multiplayer shooters, the third-party sides of games, like, I, I think that PlayStation has been really smart about how they associate with third parties to make people still think, oh, I play that on PS5. I play Assassin's Creed on PS5. I play Call of Duty on PS5. And I, I feel like PS5, PlayStation is just like the game console, the default game console in people's minds mm-hmm. for the majority for sure. of people, the majority of the, the uh, of normies, for sure, right? I feel like the other people are... Uh, you you If you're getting Nintendo or you're getting Xbox, I feel like you, you're a bit more, you know exactly what you're trying to get. You know what you're getting into. And I think Xbox is making a wise call in their way of making the barrier to entry so low that if people are interested and can't get a PS5 for whatever reason, they're there. And one day they're going to have the games. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> With the Game Pass and all one that day. stuff. <laughs> one day they will. But real time, I mean, they, they will at some point um but with playstation i feel like they have it that they, they don't need to have the one day because they've been having their day and they're just having new days and they're great days yeah um but they still have that's all the awesome their, creed exactly uh they still have their third-party titles though like i feel like and i mean that, that's what's at risk here <laughs> yeah but, uh, yeah and, uh, that, and that totally makes sense right and yeah for sure a lot of it is like them being different companies and them all operating differently uh and sony i think is funny enough kind of yeah in that middle place right if, it is, if we're talking about a spectrum i think like nintendo's all the way to the left uh, Microsoft's all the way to the right, and Sony right now is kind of in that in that in between space of 
having that third party support and like being a place where everybody does come to play your Call of Duties and your Horizons, right? I'm curious to see, yeah, like if Call of Duty, if and when, honestly, Call of Duty gets stripped away from PlayStation. And w once you see a lot of those big third party games, like you, you've seen Bethesda gone, right? Like I think that might continue to happen. Who knows what's going to happen to Ubisoft, Square, all these other companies. Once those start to get stripped away and PlayStation is mainly left with, all right, the premier games here are truly the PlayStation games. I wonder what that does to the company. And I wonder if that's like, I mean, you know, the PlayStation's here making the claim of Xbox is turning us into Nintendo or Xbox wants to turn us into a Nintendo as a bad thing. Nintendo's also a very profitable company that makes a oh. lot of money. <laughs> and I mean, dude, look at it on a game by game, sale by sale basis, right? Like we just talked about 5 million sales one week of God of War. Mm -hmm. That's Nintendo shit right like that's when you look at nintendo games when you look at the 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 npd the top 10 of the year and all that nintendo games keep selling forever just like god of war and spider-man and last of us are going to do as well when we check in year to year to year on playstation we're going to get updates and they're going to be massive because these games are going to sell massive numbers because the quality is there the brand is there the identity of what playstation is is there and people are going to continue in to invest in it because playstation's investing in it right can Xbox own that from the third-party perspective if they make them first parties? I don't know. It mm -hmm. still feels like we're years out from that. Like, it's wild that we're, we're, we're continuously talking about Xbox in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, speaking of massive numbers, can you get us to massive numbers on patreon.com slash games where you can go, you can get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. Shout out to Shady Rays for sponsoring this episode. Look how cool I look. You too can look this cool without breaking the bank this holiday season. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 shades for a fraction of the price and a fraction of that price during their biggest Black Friday sale. Ever. The best part about Shady Rays is their insane protection program featuring lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your shades on day one, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Dropped in the lake, off a cliff, anything. If you get the wrong style for yourself or someone else, no need to worry. Avoid the hassle and the forced thank yous with free 30-day exchanges and returns. You will either love the shades or Shady Rays will pay to ship them back. Act now for the best Black Friday selection. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com where you can find all their newest and best shades. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com where you can find all their newest and best shades. Story number four. Let's talk about The Witcher 3. Uh, we finally got details on Witcher 3's next-gen version. This is Ryan Dinsdale at IGN. Uh, Kevin, I have a link to the trailer in the doc. You can just play the trailer as I'm reading through. CD Projekt Red has finally shared gameplay footage of The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt's PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series versions. Also revealing every, oh, you don't have to play it with sound. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also revealing every upgrade coming to the next-gen version of the 2015 RPG. Revealed during a CD Projekt Red Twitch livestream, a handful of developers outlined the upgraded visuals, brand new quests, cross-regression, and more that's coming to The Witcher 3 when the update is released on December 14th. CD Projekt Red confirmed that graphic settings will be added to, the cons uh, added to console, letting players choose between 30 frames per second with ray tracing or 60 frames per second without. This will be available on all next-gen consoles, including the Xbox Series S. The DLC based on the Witcher Netflix series has also been expanded into its own quest, which rewards players or which rewards the player with the previously announced armor based on Henry Henry Cavill's version of Geralt. An alternative outfit uh, has also been added for Dandelion, making him look like the Netflix's series uh, Jaskier, Jaskier, Jaskier. 
CD Projekt Red has also announced that cross-regression is coming to The Witcher 3 next-gen version, meaning players will be able to share their save between PS5, Xbox Series, and PC. Haptic feedback has also been added to the PS5 version, and other quality-of-life improvements include changes to the map and a more dynamic mini-map. Some minor accessibility features have been added too, including the ability to change the left stick to auto-sprint instead of it being a face button prompt, and more subtitle settings. CD Projekt Red has also addressed a number of quest bugs and performance issues alongside improve, improving various models of foliage and other background features. For PC, the next-gen update adds ray tracing alongside uh, more extensive customization options and a new photo mode. A new camera angle is also being added for more dramatic and cinematic gameplay. And Tim, when I tell you that The Witcher 3 already had incredible lighting, I cannot wait to see what the Raymond tracing looks like in this thing. Dude, congrats, Bless. You get everything you wanted. We were talking about this a couple days ago. You're yep. like, yo, I'm going back in. You, you've, been, you, you've been saying things, and you've been committing to them. You know, you're like, oh, yeah. oh I'm itching for Neo. I see you playing Neo. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, I want Witcher. Just hopefully they give me my, my saves. They're giving you your saves. You're about to get in here, man. I'm excited for you. Yeah, I tweeted out. I'm thinking I'm back, right? And like, I this yeah, we've been talking a lot about uh, me and Greg mainly being uh, talking about if we're going to get back into The Witcher 3. And honestly, cross-save is the thing that I think is going to be the key element because not only is it, uh, and I assume, I assume is how is how it's going to work, right? I can bring my PS4 save to my PS5. Not only is it going to be, be that, but it seems like you can move between PS5 PC and Xbox and Tim. I'm one of those deck boys. Oh yeah. The idea that I can boot up my save that I had from The Witcher 3 and play that save on my Steam Deck while I'm chilling in bed or on a plane or at the game uh, maybe not by the game awards because that this happens after. But like Yeah, don't play with your deck at the game awards. Yeah, I shouldn't play with my deck at the game awards. But like this is awesome. Like I'm I'm so excited about this. And yeah, like I'm excited for this game to look better. I'm excited about the gameplay improvements they're talking about. They also mentioned um combat improvements. They're doing the damn thing. They are. Good on CD Projekt Red. I mean, yeah, man. CD Projekt Red doing everything they can. Yeah. Good for them. It's great. It's, it's like really their, great. This is how you do it. Like the apology tour of like, we're sorry for what happened with, PC, with the Cyberpunk launch. Here's fucking all this shit. It's yeah. free. It's free. Trust us. Like, just play <laughs> it's, just, it. it's free. It's free. Please, <laughs> Please just play it. That's great. Like, honestly, I, I, I'm, I'm very excited about this. It looks fantastic. Hell yeah. Story number five. Netflix appears to be developing a AAA PC shooter. This is Ryan Dinsdale at IGN. Netflix appears to be developing a AAA PC shooter at its new Los Angeles studio led by former Overwatch producer and Blizzard vice president Chaco Sunny. As reported by MobileGamer.biz, the aptly named Netflix Game Studio is looking for a game director with experience in shooters to work on a brand new AAA PC game. Akin to Overwatch, it'll, be, it'll seemingly be a live service game as Netflix asks for extensive experience in this department. In a similar vein, the candidate must have a, quote, deep understanding of highly engaging content and how to deliver it and be deeply passionate about social systems and gameplay, both cooperative and competitive, end quote. The job listing also demands the future director develop a world, characters, and narrative, quote, that are worthy of a Netflix film or TV series and build the game within Unreal Engine. The job listing doesn't give too much else away, other, other than that Netflix is seeking someone with at least 10 years of game design experience, including time spent as a director. As this appears to be a, the initial hiring wave of a brand new studio, however, it will likely be years before we find out more on what Netflix's AAA game is. Truly fascinating, Very right? interesting. Working the other way of everything we're saying, where they're like, look, we have the distribution platform, we have a marketing arm that is essentially... Uh, free because it's ours. So if they make a show to coincide with a game, they market each other. So it's like if Netflix just promotes the hell out of a prestige Netflix show, whatever that means these mm, days. The, ne the next Stranger Things. Uh, or or even not, I mean, you, they'd hope for Stranger Things, but yeah. even if it was like something that like, I mean, 
The Witcher is weird because The Witcher is based on books. Uh, it's not based on the game. And like, there's that'd a be a wild if there was like another Witcher that's like the Netflix's Witcher game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the, the, exactly. But it's like the thing is, like they, Netflix can just find another book series or something, adapt that to be a Ooh, game and a show. What's the thing that people? Uh, Sandman is that what it's called? Sandman. Yeah, Sandman's yeah. a, a that's graphic the, novel. The, nef- the graphic novel and a Netflix, Netflix has a show, and I watched the first episode, and that shit looks incredible. I just I imagine that they they would want it to be a, a bit more like they own it mm. to some extent, that makes right? Sense. But um, I, th- it is interesting. We'll, what will this turn into? I don't know. This kind of gives me the same vibes, less of the That's No Moon Company, right? Yeah. Of uh, where I'm like, oh, I believe they're actually going to put a game out at some point versus the Jade Raymond's going to Stadia and she's doing something and, oh, no, yes. she's not, that type of stuff. This feels more like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Yeah, like it's very interesting to see them – trying to break out of what they've already established as what netflix games is going to be because for what netflix games is right now i think it makes a lot of sense hey we have casual games that you can play for uh i would say for free but i guess with a netflix subscription on mobile you can play exploding kittens you can play immortality which is actually pretty wild you can play a handful of games on netflix games and all of it is working off of your phone that i think makes sense especially when you're talking about the casual audience that would get into it when we're talking about the uh, how many people have netflix in their homes when you're talking about like the the example that i always give which is my nep- my nephew uh loves playing just these like whack android games on his like roku or amazon uh, fire tv right and it, like the games that i've never heard of just yeah. like random like um trials fusion looking things but way jankier like he plays that stuff on his tv if netflix is able to take that and go hey People have Netflix subscriptions. People have kids. Let's give them more reasons to keep this subscription by, you know, speaking to their whole family, by giving them games to play. Yeah, like, that's another additive feature. Them doing a AAA shooter and having um, somebody, the former uh, Overwatch producer and Blizzard vice president, being part of this. Like, yeah, it strikes me as the Jade Raymond thing to uh, Stadia. But also, you know, at the very least, like... Netflix seems to have a good footing on like what their current thing is uh, is currently, and I this, this feels like they're building on top of it. Now they're building on it in a way that's like, oh shit, a triple A shooter. How is that? You're, that's not going to be mobile, right? That's going to be maybe it could, actually it could be mobile. That's the thing, man. There's I so, think so many that. options out there. Them saying triple A isn't interesting. Like, what does that mean? But I guess like there aren't like you you call Call of Duty Mobile a triple A game. Yeah. So and granted, like this thing says specifically triple A PC shooter, which is why you know we're thinking PC, but. What if it is? Yeah, like if if Netflix could have their own mobile game that could also have a PC version of it, and it is a Call of Duty mobile situation or a Fortnite situation. Actually, that actually yeah, isn't a really I mean, that's not a bad idea. But the <laughs> other thing to keep in mind is Netflix games doesn't need to actually be Netflix. It could just be they made a game and now they're going to make money off of it and their sure. show. You get what I'm saying? It's like like that's the kind of the beauty and power of IP and being able to have it multimedia and across different. Um, uh, different mediums themselves yeah. but I mean, it's the reverse of what we're talking about with playstation yeah right where it's like cool we're gonna get a last of us tv show uh because playstation wants to continue to push that ip of the last of us right that was an excellent game this is netflix going hey what if we have a show or like what if you want to green light a, the new next big netflix show and want to push that further with a video game i i think it could work i uh, trepidations at the same time right like cautiously yeah. optimistic but yeah, I'm very curious to see where this goes. I mean, and, like, I'm just looking up, like, Netflix uh, Game Studios to see, like, if there's more info on it. And, like, the last couple months, really, there's so many news stories and things popping up of, like, Netflix adds sixth gaming studio with acquisition of Spry Fox. This was two weeks ago. 
Wait, did you say Spy Fox? Spry Fox. Oh, okay. Not Spy Fox. <laughs> I got really excited all of a sudden. Yeah. I was like, oh shit, are we about to get more Spy Fox? <laughs> the Spy Fox TV show, dude. Spy Fox Cinematic Universe. I would watch the hell out of that. Story number six. Riot Games could bring Valorant to consoles. This is Grant Taylor Hill at Insider Gaming. Valorant dropped as a PC exclusive shooter in 2020, and it quickly rolls up the ranks of success. As a platform built to accommodate esports, Valorant became one of the most popular competitive games to emerge in recent years, and now it seems as though Riot Games seeks to take the, the ecosystem one step further by bringing the games to consoles. Recently, it was discovered that Riot Games had posted advertisements for two key job vacancies, one for a senior designer and the other for a design manager. However, both in the title uh, and in the body of the listings, it was stated that these roles would be focused specifically on console-based platforms. In the required qualifications portion of the breakdown, it was requested that the applicants have uh, a a robust understanding of console FPS market, uh, shipped or worked on at least one console-based AAA Plus online competitive game, and experience developing on multiple platforms, PC, mobile, and console. With that last line, we step into the realm of mobile gaming. Uh, It was confirmed a while ago that Riot Games absolutely planned to introduce Valorant mobile product at some point, but there's no further news on the topic. Also very interesting. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Riot is in such an interesting position because of a lot of the things we've been talking about this whole episode where they've already kind of done the thing, right? What Riot doesn't have right now is a foothold in the core gamer console market. Right, mm-hmm. they have now the Netflix appeal of things like Arcane. They clearly have esports down to a T. They yeah. own that shit. They own. That. They are esports, right? Yeah. They are. When you think of esports, when you think of people wearing jerseys like you're wearing, you're thinking about Riot, right? You're mm-hmm. thinking about League. You're thinking about Worlds. You're thinking about like they kind of made the template in a lot of ways, or took the template that others made before them and kind of took it to a whole other level that is now the new standard. Then you look over at the the different games that they've kind of made out of their their universe, and to go from having their their MOBAs to then having Valorant, which is a a Counter Strike competitor, and it's like it is now the one, yeah, right. So that's a completely different game. We have uh, the fighting game, Project, Project L, L, right, that they're working on. You start to see, like, all right, man, they're really owning the different verticals of esports. And that is something that's really hard to translate to the console side. Even going back generations, Counter-Strike being arguably, like, the most important and influential online game mm-hmm. to start it all off, right? Like, like Counter-Strike is like the Super Mario Brothers 1 of like PC shooters. of PC shooters, right? And of multiplayer um mm-hmm. shooters. And it never made it on consoles. Mm-hmm. It was released on consoles, it was released on Xbox, the original Xbox, Global Offensive came out on on everything, and it just it just did not hit in the way that a Halo or specifically a Call of Duty did. And it's even interesting to look at Call of Duty when Call of Duty 1 came out, not even Modern Warfare. Call of Duty 1 on PC was huge. Call of Duty was huge even before Modern Warfare. Modern Warfare made it a household console gamer title right yeah that totally changed the game riot doesn't have that yet and i wonder if they ever will but to get there i think it's the the baby steps of getting their games Mm -hmm. on the consoles getting people familiar and then what is that breakout hit going to be do do you see what i'm saying i I see what you're saying and i i i I don't know if it's going to be valorant just because valorant i think is such a pc shooter right it's such a technical you know mouse and keyboard i can't if it comes to console it can't be i don't think it'd be crossplay 
right? Like, how are you going to compete on uh, on a controller versus people on PC unless it is we expect you to hook up your mouse and keyboard to this thing? That's kind of where I get worried about Valorant coming to consoles. That said, I have been expecting Project L to be that for them. I think Project L makes a lot of sense to bring to consoles, right? Fighting games work great on consoles. Mm-hmm. The Better. fighting game fan base are on console, yeah. right? Like, that I, that I think is a thing that you could do and, you know, to bring it back to who Riot, Riot is currently in the space, right? Like, Riot is maybe the only one of the only studios that that is not made a fighting game that can come out and say we're gonna make a fighting game and i'm like cool you're gonna make a great fighting game Mm -hmm. you know like you guys you guys are gonna nail it because you're right they're one of the only people that can do that and it's because they understand the esports element exactly that's not just the flashy presentation on that it's the level of competition it's treating the video game like a sport from the get-go, not just from the, the we can sell tickets and stuff, but how the game is played, how the game is presented, the game itself, how it's presented, the UI of it, the game modes, the way that they feature certain things over others. It's like competition is the point of it. Yeah, and here's one thing, here's one thing I'll, I'll point out, right? This article talks about how, you know, Riot, Riot Games is bringing Valorant to consoles, and they're using this job, um, uh, just this job post as the, the, the reasoning. What if it isn't Valorant, right? Like, there's uh, nowhere here does it specifically specifically say Valorant. It it is it is mainly saying first person console based AAA uh, shooters, right? Which when you think about Riot, you you automatically go to Valorant. But what if it is like a either a Valorant console version or like a spin off of Valorant or just a different first person shooter that is console based? I think that could make almost more sense than to bring Valorant to consoles. I mean, that's that's kind of what I'm saying about the the Counter Strike thing, where it's like just putting Counter Strike on consoles didn't work because that's not where that player base is because yeah. of everything you're talking about the mouse and keyboard, just the style of game, like all that stuff, and it didn't work with Global Offensive either. Either when it uh, came out on that must have been Xbox One and, and PS4. Um, correct me if I'm wrong and you're wrong, but um, I, there is the option that. And because Riot's huge, we know they're working yeah. on a, to- a ton of projects. What if they did something that was still competitive and still, like, what if they did more of an Overwatch? That's what I'm getting at, right? Mm-hmm. Where there's definitely the esports angle of Overwatch, but Overwatch is also just fun to play, yeah. com- like, and Overwatch friendly competitively, and it works on consoles. What if they took the world in the same way that we just saw with um, Arcane, right? Where mm-hmm. it's like, you can take this thing that is, like, a very specific audience, MOBAs, League, right? And make it a little bit more tolerable, not a little, a lot more tolerable to anybody. And I feel like they can do that because they have a world to play with that people already love. And there's lore there. And that's how you get people in, man. That's how you get people in. Story number seven. Sakurai seemingly teases Kid Icarus Uprising for the Switch. This is Jason Finelli at GameSpot. Budding YouTube star and occasional game developer Masahiro Sakurai has posted another insightful video to his channel, which focuses on the difficulty system in 2012's Kid Icarus Uprising for the 3DS, but not without throwing in a potential hint regarding the game's feature at the end. After explaining his thought process behind Uprising's difficulty feature, which is called The Fiend's Cauldron, hence the name of the video, uh, Sakurai signs off with the following, quote, It sure would be nice to play Kid Icarus on a, a Kid Icarus Uprising on a home console. I wonder if someone will ever port it, end quote. This is not the first time a port of the 3DS exclusive Uprising has been mentioned, as back in July, a prominent online source of Nintendo-related leaks uh, named Zippo uh, claimed that a Nintendo Switch remaster was in development at Bandai Namco, and that would be it would feature a, quote, more accessible control scheme, as well as a much-needed boost to the graphics, end quote. 
Oh my God! Is this is this a tease or is this Look, Sakurai speaking this into existence? I think it's Sakurai speaking it into existence. Sakurai, my dude, I love him. I love these videos; they're so good, and I just love the energy that he brings to the games industry. I love the reverence he has for video game history, um, for his own games and otherwise. Um, there's something special about Sakurai games, and uh, whether it's Kirby's Air Ride, any of the Smash Brothers, or um, Kid Icarus here. Did you play this one? No, I did not. And that is a damn shame because mm -hmm. it was stuck on the 3DS. The control scheme was absolute garbage because of the console, not because of the game. It would be good if you just had another analog stick. Eventually, they added that horrible uh, adapter so they gave you another analog stick on the mm -hmm. 3DS. That was fine, but like it was a Band-Aid, not a solution. Um, this game was so good. The polish was there. The story was there. The characters were awesome. The music was so fun. It is a blessing-ass game. Like You oh, are going to love this game okay. when you play it. I guarantee it. Okay. 100%. Um, but it's trapped. It's trapped on the 3DS, um, and we're in this, this place right now where 2022, we look at all the different uh, hardware developers out there the the whether it's nintendo xbox or playstation we talk about backwards compatibility a lot we see things whether it's the the uh, online functions or game pass or just ways to be able to play old games whether it's xbox enhancing old things playstation adding his playstation plus so many options to play these old games nintendo continues to just have a, so many games that are just trapped in places yeah that, with no sign of them ever actually making the transition where you know nes snes n64 all that it's like cool we got them now gamecube i'm shocked we don't have yet but like at some point we will but then you look at the ds uh, game boy game boy advance there's ways to play some of those games not all of them whatever mm -hmm. ds gets weird because nintendo got weird in the mid 2000s right we have to deal with Two screens. How do you translate that to the Switch? How do you translate that to just a, a single screen experience? Can you? You know, like mm -hmm. there's so many like weird elements that I can imagine Nintendo at some point just being like, I'm not, we're not dealing with this. Yeah. <laughs> like figure it out. And that sucks. And that is a very Nintendo way to handle these things. But um, I, I hope that we get this. I, there's so many DS and 3DS games that I'd love to be able to play again. I mean, like Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Like, I hate that that game is locked to a cartridge. That's one of the most expensive. Car if you try to buy, if you want to play the best Pokemon game of all time, Heart Gold and Soul Silver, right now, you're not going to be able to without having a 3DS or DS, whatever, and buying one of these things on eBay for. Correct me if I'm wrong. Minimum ninety dollars. God. And that's the only fucking way. Oh, man. Well, that sucks. it's not the only way. It's not the only yeah. way. <laughs> you got to like, listen. But yeah, like, ain't that's, that's, in right that there. is ridiculous, right? Mm -hmm. um, so with this, I hope this happens. This game was awesome. And I feel like it was, to call it slept on is incorrect. It was, it was stranded. It was not given the support it needed. It was mm -hmm. not like given the chance to succeed just because it was on the 3DS. The and first strand game. That's what it is. The first strand game. First strand game. Story number eight. The Callisto Protocol Season Pass includes new player death animations. This is Chris Scolian at Video Games Chronicle. The Callisto Protocol Season Pass will include extra death animations for protagonist Jacob and the enemies he faces. It's been confirmed. The details of the Season Pass were recently added uh, to the game's Steam page, listing everything it offers. As well as, all, uh, as, well as typical content uh, that would be expected with a Season Pass, such as a new story DLC, new areas, and a new mode, it also lists new death animations. The Contagion Bundle, included in the Season Pass, adds a new mode, as well as 13 new Jacob death animations. Meanwhile, the Riot Bundle adds a previously undiscovered area, as well as 12 new enemy death animations, end quote. 
While the addition of new player death animations as DLC would be considered unusual in most circumstances, it is notable in this case given how much of the Callisto Protocol's pre-release marketing has revolved around the gory ways Jacob can die. The game's first gameplay trailer in June 2022 was followed by a Schofield cut uh, version of the, of the trailer one week later, named after the game's creator, Glenn Schofield, uh, which was shown during Summer Game Fest 2022 and made a point of highlighting that it had extra gory death scenes in it. It's not clear yet how these DLC death scenes will be integrated into the game. Tim, is that, is that enough to sell you on the season pass? Is, uh, some new death animations? Dude, I mean, this is, just, this is the, a perfect example of... Um, you need to be careful with your words and like how you put them out there. It's funny calling it a season pass. Like a game like this, why? why let's just call it DLC. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. why, why is a single player game like Callisto Protocol getting a season pass? That's a good point. I didn't even like, think about that part of it. A little bit, a little bit weird, but whatever. Semantics, right? Does that actually matter? No. Mm-hmm. This new death animation thing—it just doesn't sound good. This is just not good marketing. This is bad marketing. This headline makes it sound really stupid. The new death animations—don't mention them. Don't talk about them before the game comes out. Yeah. That is. That's just not a good look at all. Let the game come out, and then if the DLC, Season Pass, whatever the hell you want to call it, has new death animations, cool. That's great. This makes it feel like the game's not finished. And have we not learned our lesson at this point? Yeah, I think it's it's a weird it's a weird thing to market before the game. Right? I think this goes back to how we thought about DLC in the early days of DLC, where so many people were like, oh, you're giving me the unfinished version of the game to some of the finished version of the game later on. I think... We've kind of moved past that as the years have gone. We've kind of gained a better understanding of, one, as a user base, what DLC is, and then also developers understanding what makes good DLC. I think this would be fine if it was, oh, yeah, six months after the game, we've been working on like the death animations. Now here they are, and you can buy them in the DLC. Like, I think that wouldn't be as much of a, like, oh, that's, that's, not, that's not a weird thing. Yeah, no. I think like having Sackboy it, getting a Callisto Protocol dude. Yeah, like outfit, but like having it be before the game's even out, being like, yeah, if you want to buy the season pass, you get thirteen new death animations. I think it's the fact that death animations are not a thing that we. I don't know if we've ever seen that as a as a like a pack in like a DLC pack in thing, and so it immediately strikes me as weird, right? Yeah. And it immediately strikes me as like, oh, what does that look like? It could be fine in the implementation totally. at the end of the day, but I think from a marketing perspective, I don't think that's a thing you want to put before uh, put the cart before the horse in that one it sounds so bad i mean that's the thing is like whether or not this ends up being totally fine and innocuous and not an issue at all the sentence of this big single player game that people are excited for has a season pass that gives you new death animations yeah there's no good there that's not a good one one for the box um this here's what i'll say Mm -hmm. all right god of war ragnarok Mm -hmm. one of my very few critiques with that game Mm -hmm. is the death animation because Kratos, it's the same one from God of War 2018. Mm-hmm. Kratos basically just, like, you know, stiffens up and falls backwards. Mm-hmm. If they added in some new death animations to God of War, I could be all about it. All right? Let, let, let Kratos do, like, a twirl but <laughs> as he's fallen down. For free. For, uh, for free. For, right? I might pay for it, if I'm being honest. I really but didn't no like that. I, I really didn't like the stiffle. Sony Bro, Santa Monica, you ain't makes paying money. for fucking death animations. You beat the, you're not going back to play the game. Oh, I have you... a lot of side quests left. Listen, yeah. Sony Santa Monica, you want me to you pick your be dying, back up though. again? You're too good. No, I'd be dying a lot. <laughs> I'd be dying a lot, all right? Uh, Sony Santa Monica, you want me to, uh, to play more of your game? And also, you want, you want some more money from me. Oh, damn. Give me 13 new death, death 13. animations. I want a death animation where, I don't know, like, I want Kratos to do, like, the Hail Mary. Like, do that before he fucking, like, <laughs> Holy shit. I want, like, I want, I want him to do, I want, like, I want funny shit. Wow. All right? I want Kratos to get cut in half. Hey, guys. I want uh, Mortal give me Kombat the one. Give me the death one. animations. <laughs> don't, like, don't let Blessing make video games. <laughs> Just don't do it. Right. I want Sony Santa Monica. You want some money? 
I got you. All right. I got you. Hey, Sony Santa Monica, you want some money? What's a, what was story number one? Don't worry again? about story number one. Don't, story don't worry one. about story number one. All right. I want Kratos to be sliced. I want it to be Mortal Kombat. Give me just all the different. Let, let uh, uh, enemy freeze me to death, right? And then rip Kratos' arm off and then okay. beat him with his own arm. Okay. Like um, Transformers 2, Revenge of the Fallen, where Optimus Prime slices off Starscream's arm and slaps him with it. It's fucking awesome. Damn, I did not know that happened in Transformers 2. Of I was course. thinking more Sub-Zero. That's fucking wild. Story number nine, our final news story. Uh, Anoma Games are shutting down. Uh, this is from at Studio Anoma on Twitter. They tweeted out a statement saying, Arena Battle Champions, Deus Ex Go, Hitman Sniper, The Shadows, and Space Invaders, uh, Hidden Heroes, will be shutting down on January 4th. The games will be removed from the App Store and Google Play Store on December 1st, and current players will not be able to access the games uh, past January 4th. Effective, effective immediately, in-game purchases are, are stopped. We encourage prior in-game purchases uh, to be used before January 4th, as they will not be refunded. On behalf of the development team, we would like to thank you for playing our games. Damn, man. It's a sad way to go. It really is. So unfortunate. Um, I wonder about the other games, though, like Lara Croft Go and... Um, um, what was the other? Yeah, they go. Hitman Go. Hitman Go. Um, so which good. Were so good. So damn good. But yeah, definitely, this is so sad, and this sucks. And like, they they were just rebranded <laughs> like three weeks ago, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, we just announced Anoma, and it said exactly how it is spelled. But yeah, this sucks. It really does suck. Uh, Tim, I'm very curious to see what else happens over there at the Embracer Group. But mm-hmm. Updates on that might be so far away. Maybe. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom and Grab Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Imagine if, like... Thank you for the smoke. Imagine if uh, the Tomb Raider games had new death animations. I'd pay for that shit. Because, like, the Tomb Raider death animations for the modern Tomb Raider games, I don't know if you remember, mm-hmm. but that shit was graphic. It was ridiculous. They were beating the hell, the hell out of Lara Croft in that game. Lara Croft in that game. Mm-hmm. If, you hit me, if, if they hit me with new death animations that, like, I don't know, like, she gets impaled, but, like, fucking, like, glitter <laughs> spurts out or some shit. Can I go home? <laughs> I just want to leave. I don't want to be here. Embracer Group, are you trying to make some money? Are you trying to make some money, Embracer, Embracer Group? Embracer Group. Yeah, my DMs are open. <laughs> well, let right? me bring you the story now. Follow me on Hive, Embracer Group. Add Blessing Jr. on Hive. <laughs> I got you, all right? Out today, we got God Beast Mark II for PC, Jelly Brawl for Xbox One, <laughs> Trifox for PS5, PS4. It's the prequel to uh, Spy Fox. And then together, Project Indigo's Chapter One. No, hold today on. For hold PC. on. Don't you, you, you need to tell the people what you just read. What, Trifox? Oh, together? <laughs> it's together. T W O G E T H E R. That together. is a wild way to. That's a wild t- title. Good for you. Together. Good for you. Good for you. Uh, we got no new dates for you. We do have a deal of the day, though. Bayonetta 3 for Switch is $44.99 on Amazon. Bless, um, real quick before we move on from what together. Uh, Chloe, Echo Chloe on mm. Twitter, tweeted out a banger tweet a couple days ago that made me laugh very hard, where she's like, if Twitter dies, we need to call the next one Tudor. <laughs> and okay. The word Tudor okay. <laughs> makes me real happy. You want to make some money, guys? <laughs> Tudor. Hire Chloe. So figure it out. DMs are open on Hive. <laughs> I don't think you can DM people on Hive. I've tried. Now it's time for countofunny.com slash you're wrong, where you write it what we got wrong as we got it wrong, so you can correct it for those watching later on youtube.com slash countofunnygames and listening later on podcast services around the globe. 
Uh, somebody's writing in here with kind of feudy suggestions. There are other places for that. Uh, kind of kind of funny.com says KFGD. You can go, go to write in with your questions and stuff. You can put that stuff in there. Uh, editorializing. And then somebody tries to, somebody's telling me how to use my uvula. Yeah. <laughs> and listen, we're not on that level. You can't, you gotta, you gotta level up your um, social link with me before you can tell me how to use my uvula. Oh my God. It's Friday. It's Wednesday Friday. It's Wednesday Friday. That's great. Uh, next week's hosts for Kind of Funny Games Daily go like this. On Monday, you're getting Greg and Tim. Tuesday, you're getting Greg and me. Wednesday, you're getting me and Greg. Thursday, you're getting me and Tim. And on Friday, you're getting Tim and me. That's right. We're back at it like a bad habit. If you're watching this live, right after this, you're getting some Pokemon with Mike and Andy. If you want to catch that stream later, you can, of course, subscribe to YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Remember, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and week the live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. Until next time, happy Thanksgiving. <laughs>